Try Therapy Notes, the number one rated electronic health record system available today. With live telephone support seven days a week, it's clear why Therapy Notes is rated 4.9 out of 5 stars on Trustpilot and has a 5-star rating on Google. Therapy Notes makes billing, scheduling, note-taking, and telehealth incredibly easy. And now for all you prescribers out there, Therapy Notes is proudly introducing ePrescribe. Try it today with no strings attached and see why everyone is switching to Therapy Notes, now featuring ePrescribe. You can get two months free by using promo code CHAT at therapynotes.com. Trauma Therapist Network is a website to learn about trauma and how it shows up in our lives and to find a trauma therapist. Go to traumatherapistnetwork.com to find a trauma therapist near you today. Therapy Chat Podcast, Episode 394. This is the Therapy Chat Podcast with Laura Reagan, LCSWC. The information shared in this podcast is not a substitute for seeking help from a licensed mental health professional. And now, here's your host, Laura Reagan, LCSWC. This week's episode is sponsored by Therapy Notes, the number one rated electronic health record system available today. With live telephone support seven days a week, it's clear why Therapy Notes is rated 4.9 out of 5 stars on Trustpilot and has a 5-star rating on Google. Therapy Notes makes billing, scheduling, note-taking, and telehealth incredibly easy. And now, for all you prescribers out there, Therapy Notes is proudly introducing ePrescribe. Use coupon code CHAT or click the link in the show notes to get two free months at therapynotes.com. Hi, welcome back to Therapy Chat. I'm your host, Laura Reagan, and I'm going to make this introduction pretty brief, but try to cover a lot of information in it. I'll just say that I have been working really hard, working on so many exciting things that are coming up. It's extremely stressful. You know, all the hard work is fun and I'm not going to lie, it's stressful (laughs) and I'm feeling it. I'm feeling it in the form of my body pain and stress anxiety is just really high. And I'm saying that because I want to normalize that, you know, as much as I would like to seem like I have it all together all the time. That's not real. No one has it all together all the time. And I know all of you who are listening probably like me do a lot and feel a lot. Maybe it's because I'm a highly sensitive person. Maybe it's because I'm a person with complex PTSD. Maybe it's because of the stress of living in Western culture. I think it's all of those things and they're all connected. So what do you do when you feel like that? You have to turn back towards yourself, tend to yourself, figure out what you need, give it to yourself, slow down, always slowing down as we were talking about in this week's self-care call in the Trauma Therapist Network, slowing down. Actually, that was last week. This week we had case consultation. I was talking about it in the beginning of our case consultation call yesterday, just how stressed I was and how I have to slow down when I feel like that. Anyway, I've already spent more time talking about that than I intended. 
And I do want to make this brief, but I wanted to tell you a few things about one, about slowing down and also about the conversation that you're going to hear in this week's episode. My guest today is a returning guest, Dr. Elizabeth Guthrie, who is a trauma-informed herbalist. And we had a beautiful conversation for the second time on Therapy Chat. It was deeper. It was richer. And I hope that you will enjoy it as much as I did. Elizabeth has a course that's open now, and there's a link in the show notes. There's a free webinar recording that the webinar was last weekend, but the recording is available for free at the link in the show notes. This is through the Shift Network. The webinar is called Explore Your Healing Garden of Unique Plant Allies. How to Heal from Trauma by Communicating with Your Personalized Plant Medicines. And I haven't had a chance to watch the replay yet. I couldn't be there that day, but I'm really looking forward to it. It just feels right to me. So if that is something that you're interested in, you'll find a link in the show notes to sign up and to sign up for her course. And another piece I wanted to mention that I think is really important is Dr. Jamie Marriage's dissociation course. I think one of the reasons that our work is so hard is because there's a lot happening in the relational field between client and therapist where the client's personal material that's unconscious is being activated during the session and the therapist's unconscious material that is being activated during the session. They're both present in the field and the therapist because of being someone who's sensitive and attuned to other people and highly empathic, picks up so much of it, but we don't know what to do with it, where to put it, what's ours, what's theirs, because we don't understand dissociation. And that's because we didn't learn about it in school. I've learned about it. Not to say that I know everything there is to know about it, but learning about dissociation has made me such a better clinician because I see more than what's being said, more than what's being openly talked about or expressed happening in the session. And I've learned how to track in my own nervous system and the client's nervous system, the dissociation that shows up. But for most of us therapists, dissociation is something we don't know about. We may not want to know about. We may not think really applies to us, but it is such a key to really helping people heal from trauma and attachment injuries. So Dr. Jamie Marich, the author of Dissociation Made Simple, is together with the Academy of Therapy Wisdom offering a course and Jamie had a free webinar as well. So there's a link to that in the show notes too. Stay tuned for more about what Jamie is doing because I am such a big fan of their work. Let's see the other things I wanted to tell you. I think that's basically it for now. Well, I guess I'll let you know if you're a therapist that the waiting list is open now for you to sign up if you're interested in joining the next round of Trauma Therapist Network. Doors are reopening in September for new members to join Trauma Therapist Network, and that will be our last time inviting new members in for 2023. If you join the waiting list, you will get first access and a special discount rate, but you don't have to join the waiting list. So you can either join the waiting list 
sometime between now and end of September, or just wait. And I'll definitely announce when, when doors are opening. But if this is something that you've wanted to be part of, we would love to have you. There's a link to join the waiting list in the show notes. And when you go to that link, the page that comes up, which is at go.traumatherapistnetwork.com slash join, gives the details of what's included at each level of membership. So you don't have to wait to find out what is involved in Trauma Therapist Network membership. It's all right there on the waiting list page. Sometimes people don't see it. They just go to join and put their information in. But if you scroll down, you'll see all the details. All right, that's about it for now. So thank you so much for listening to Therapy Chat and talk to you soon. Hi, welcome back to Therapy Chat. I'm your host, Laura Reagan. And today I'm so happy to have a returning guest with me, Dr. Elizabeth Guthrie. Elizabeth, thank you so much for being my guest on Therapy Chat today. Thank you for having me here. I'm, I'm really excited to get to do this again. Yeah, me too. I'm so glad we've stayed in touch since our first interview. And I'm really looking forward to talking today about how nature can be a healer when things feel really chaotic as they do in this time. We were both kind of talking before we started. So before we get into it, though, let's just start off with you telling our audience a little bit more about who you are and what you do. I'm Dr. Elizabeth Guthrie. I'm the author of The Trauma-Informed Herbalist and Essential Oils for Trauma. I've been getting into a lot of work with not just herbalism, but also as a yoga teacher and aspiring yoga therapist. I've been doing a lot of somatics work, and I've combined that into a, a practice I call herbal somatics. So it's been a really interesting last few years. And especially since the last time we talked, there's been a lot of evolution in the way that I've been working with things. So I'm really honored to be back. And yeah, this is really exciting. And so just for people who are listening for kind of context, I know you're in Alabama and you have a PhD in... My PhD is in natural medicine uh-huh. and my specialization is naturopathic psychology I have a master's of public health with a concentration in functional nutrition, and my undergraduate work was also in complementary medicine. I worked for a while at the integrative clinic at UAB, working to help to create research and do some education and things like that. So as we talked about last time, like I really love the research side of things and understanding more of that kind of evidence, but I also have a deep love for the more traditional ways that we work with plants and getting into more of that esoteric side of things. Yeah, it's good that the two aspects are coming together. Like, you know, it's it's funny to say nature and science because isn't nature like what science is, is, you know, <laughs> it's all about like our world and our bodies and biology and chemistry and physics. All of those things are part of what the natural world is. And yet the more plant-based way of doing things and indigenous practices are seen as unproven, untested. So it's that tension between, I think, like, you know, the, I'll say like the colonial colonizer kind of way of looking at what's real and what's, what evidence is. And then the hundreds and thousands and tens of thousands of years of what humans have been doing before we had even written 
word, you know? Exactly. It's it's an interesting juxtaposition, really. And there is benefit to both. And I do, like you said, like some of the things that we have, even in Western herbalism, and especially in the Southern Appalachian traditions, we have a lot of things that were taken from other traditions and almost co-opted in. So we have to honor that a lot of this work is work that was done by indigenous people who have rich cultural understandings and like more powerful understanding of this than I ever hoped to hold. And we've lost a lot of it, but there are veins of it that are still, you know, that hold up Western herbalism. So for that, I am extremely grateful. And we have to recognize that when we do allow ourselves the chance to reconnect to nature and to spend some time just allowing ourselves to quietly listen, we're tapping back into a lot of the resonance of that ancient wisdom. Yeah, so true. And, you know, also, I, I want to clarify something because I'm sure you know far, far, far more about this than I do, especially, you know, you have a serious amount of education about this. But I used to think of earth-based practices and indigenous practices as being, I would think about like the people the peoples who were here in North America and South America before colonization of this, these two continents. But some of the trainings I've attended in the past about how white people can connect to their ancestors and the practices of their ancestors kind of refer to also how Europeans also had their own earth-based practices that were maybe wiped out earlier than then the colonization of North and South America, like wiped out in Europe before coming here. So when you said Southern Appalachian traditions, it made me think about, this is sort of like a very tenuous little thread, but don't the people of Appalachia come from like Scotland, UK, Ireland? So, you know, and then when I think about like the Druids and the pagans and the Stonehenge and things like that. Isn't that kind of, is there a lot of overlap there? <laughs> yes. I'm over here just nodding my head like, yes, yes, because there is. And there is a woman named, oh, I'm going to say it wrong. It's, I think it's Mary Beef has written a book called Healing Threads, Traditional Medicines of the Highlands and the Islands. And I have a lot of Scottish ancestry. And of course, with my married name, Guthrie, obviously there's a lot of Scottish ancestry there as well. And so I was really interested in in her work and really trying to reconnect with a lot of that type of, of healing. And there are like you have with the, the Nordic traditions with the she and there are practices that have those what would be kind of generically called shamanic, but there are other words for it in other cultures that that have that kind of tapping into the other worlds that we don't understand or bringing back healing from what seems like a, a beyond place, as it were. So there is a lot of that that's available to try to reclaim. And I love that book with the the healing medicines from the islands and everything, because that is such an interesting discussion. And some of those plants either have parallels here in North America or they have been naturalized in North America. So think of like plantain, right? Plantain was originally from Europe and mm. it now is everywhere in America. And it's helpful for, you know, a lot of different things. A lot of people use it for bug bites and things like that. 
but it came from Europe originally. So it has traveled over here with us. And we could debate the 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 concerns about that. But at the end of the day, like it is here. And so that is a plant that you can connect with here that does have ancestral roots overseas. Hmm. Yeah. Well, thank you. It's just, I wanted to ask about that because it's not just as a white identifying person to be, I don't know if white identifying is the right thing to say, but as a white person of like Irish and Scottish and English descent and Welsh, it's like, instead of just saying that this isn't something that I can study or understand because this isn't for me, because my people didn't do this. There are, there are things that white people's ancestors did do that relate to this. So it's like kind of opening the way of thinking about it and looking at it and not just being like, it would be co-opting to even talk about herbalism. So I just, I guess I needed to get that out myself for my understanding. Oh, absolutely. And I think it's important to recognize that there, the herbal medicine is the people's medicine. It is everyone's medicine. Like we are here on the planet with plants. Like we are connecting with the plants. And I just think it's important that, that we own that while also recognizing that there may be practices that are considered closed. And there may be things that you want to study more in depth and understand and make sure there's no appropriation. But absolutely, like there are so many things that we can connect with. And especially now, like what we were talking about earlier with the chaos that's around us and this the energy of the last few months where it has just felt, I think for a lot of people, the dust still hasn't really settled and yeah. things just feel very uncertain. And that's one reason that I really love discussing plants and nature in general, because that connection does offer some amount of support and consistent comfort while we're dealing with everything. Yeah, I, for myself, we moved here during the pandemic. I might have talked about this when we were together before, but where we moved was only about 20 minutes away from where we were living before, but our I'm looking in our backyard as I talk about it. Our backyard is like a woods. And I think it's kept my sanity intact during this time to have that, to be able to step outside and just look up at the trees and the leaves and and breathe the the scent of, you know, the trees. And it's almost like it's just the air, but it's not because it feels different than the air if you were on a city street or in a more, or even at the beach, you know, it's a different feeling. Absolutely. And this isn't just, you know, like, Ooh, it feels good to me. Therefore it feels good to everybody. Like there is research behind it that indicates that fractal patterns in nature and even just being more in connection with the, the Schumann resonance, which is the nerve, the earth's natural resonance can actually, it has an effect on the autonomic nervous system and it has an effect on heart rate variability. And Deb Dana talks about it in her book, The Polyvagal Exercises for Safety, Safety and Connection, I think is what it's called. She talks about this and like the the blue and green effect of being around this. Yes, that's it. Polyvagal exercises for safety and connection. <laughs> yeah. And and she talks about the blue and the green effect and, and some about fractal patterns and how repeating patterns are soothing. And we see a lot of that in nature. And so there are times where 
you know, I obviously do other types of work with people, but there are times where that becomes the focus of the work is like, how do we get you reconnected to the, the, the local flora, as it were, the plants that are around you? How can we get you out and really like give you time to be connected to these consistent, predictable patterns that are helpful. Now, obviously nature in general isn't necessarily predictable, but I'm talking about like when you look at the leaves and you see the patterns of how the leaves spread and you hear your birds singing and you you hear the patterns in that, you know, that musical piece. Like there's, there's a lot there that can be very comforting. Yeah. I, you know, I, it just feels so true when you talk about it. I just, I'm like, yep. When I'm in my backyard, I hear the birds chirping. There are familiar bird songs from the birds that always visit our yard. And, you know, the sound of a woodpecker. It's just like, it. for me, it kind of reminds me that I'm part of something bigger and brings me out of this, like, you know, tunnel vision of productivity and sort of what this culture tells us to be thinking about and doing. <laughs> right. And back to sort of like just who I am as a connected part of this whole ecosystem. Exactly. And that's where some of the somatics work comes in. When we start finding plants that we're, you know, drawn to, we find maybe like what you and I were talking about before we started recording with your rosemary plant. And, you know, and I have a rosemary plant here that I love. And I may have even talked about mom's rosemary plant, I think, in our last session, because there's just rosemary is a very, you know, aromatic plant. There is a consistent feeling and a consistent sensation that comes from being around certain plants. And when you connect to that and you begin to notice what's happening in your own body, it can help you begin to track like, okay, this plant is really helping me to feel more settled. It's helping me to feel more rooted where I am or maybe grounded if you like that term, whatever it is, like it, this is something that I am feeling that consistent support from. Now, maybe I'm going out and I'm smelling my rosemary or I'm, you know, using the like I have a mimosa tree, which they're highly invasive, but the the mimosa that I have, like the flowers, I use that to make flower essences and tinctures. And there's a lot of soothing effects to that. And when you find these plants and you find the things that are helping you to notice where it's supporting your nervous system, then it makes it easier to go about the times where we do have to get back into that kind of rat race feel of got to get stuff done. So definitely a lot of phenomenal things that can happen when you start really noticing what you've got around you. Yeah. Well, I'm thinking as you're talking how when the way I use my yard or nature is usually when I need to come back to me. But I don't, it's for me when I do this, and I'm sure people can relate to this. It's like, I feel a certain way which is probably like a feeling of feeling kind of out of control, internally chaotic. Like I, I need like relief from this feeling. I need something to be different for me. And I go out there and pretty much just within five minutes, I just kind of forget how I was feeling before. I feel quote better. It's not that intentional. It's more like a rescue process for myself. <laughs> But I wonder if there's a way 
I know that that is a way that we can use plant medicine, but is there a way that people can kind of incorporate practices, you know, and we talked about this a bit last time, I think, but, you know, like to make it not be something you do for relief, but something that is part of your ongoing practice. Therapist, we've all had that moment. You wake up in the middle of the night. Oh my gosh, did I do my notes? Well, you don't have to worry about that anymore when you use therapy notes. Therapy notes makes it easy to write your notes, get them done quickly, but thoroughly. My group practice has used therapy notes for six years and everyone always finds it easy to use. But the best thing is if you do need help, you can call their customer service number and a person answers the phone. And anytime I've ever had to use it, which is maybe three times in the past six years, my issue has been resolved easily with a cheerful demeanor in 15 minutes or less. So I highly recommend Therapy Notes. And don't forget, go to therapynotes.com and use promo code chat to get two free months. Right. And we did kind of touch on this. Some of this plays into the polyvagal theory, which the polyvagal theory, I feel like most people listening to this know, but just in case, Dr. Stephen Porges created the polyvagal theory to kind of help explain why there were certain signals from the vagus nerve that indicated that a person had resilience, while at the same time, other signals from the vagus nerve indicated that a person was not resilient and possibly even in danger. And so he came up with a theory that explained there's two different pieces of the vagus nerve that have different functions. And you have your dorsal vagal and your ventral vagal. And then, of course, you have your sympathetic nervous system, which is the opposite piece. And so your sympathetic system is your fight or flight response. Your dorsal vagal system is really that kind of shutdown or collapse. And what we're really trying to do is get back to ventral vagal which is where we feel connected, we feel calm, the body's physiology is in a place where it can repair like the rest and digest feeling. When you are in a dorsal vagal shutdown and and collapse state, then there are certain herbs like your stimulating adaptogens, which we kind of talked about last time, rhodiola and ginseng, that kind of thing that can be helpful. And from an aromatherapy standpoint, you're more energizing and supporting essential oils like sweet orange, that kind of thing could be very helpful. Now, if we're talking about the sympathetic fight or flight state, if you catch yourself in that where there's a lot more energy, there's a lot more of that tension and anticipation, then the soothing and relaxing herbs can be very helpful to help to release that energy and bring you back to ventral vagal. So that's going to be things like ashwagandha. Or from a from a, an aromatherapy standpoint, things like lavenders, some of the more soothing essential oils. So that's one way that we can do this. We can look at our nervous state. We can look at like what we're noticing happening throughout the day, how our body is responding and what we need to do to bring it back into that ventral vagal balance. And we can start connecting with plants that we know are helpful. So we can check in with ourselves at different times during the day. What's happening inside? What am I noticing? Not just emotionally, but what are the sensations that are happening inside 
And what plants do I know help me when I'm feeling these sensations? We can also just make a regular habit of like at a certain time during the day, going out on the back porch and spending a a few minutes sitting and, and reconnecting with nature around us. So there's all kinds of things that we can do on that level. We don't even have to get into the intricate physiology of what herbs are going to help best and in certain, you know, balanced states that the kind of things that I would do as a clinical herbalist, you don't even have to go that far to begin to find things that can help for bring balance back to everyday life. Running a group private practice has been a challenging and rewarding experience. And one thing that has made it so much easier is Therapy Notes. Therapy Notes makes billing, scheduling, note-taking, and telehealth incredibly easy. If you're coming from another EHR, like I did, Therapy Notes makes the transition incredibly easy, importing your demographic data free of charge so you can get going right away. My team has found Therapy Notes very easy to learn. It's intuitive. The customer support is second to none. And that's one of the things that has kept me a Therapy Notes customer for several years now. Anytime I've needed to contact Therapy Notes for help with an issue I couldn't figure out on my own, I've been able to get through to someone and resolve the issue within 15 minutes, 99% of the time. Find out what more than 100,000 mental health professionals already know. Try Therapy Notes for two months absolutely free. Just click on the link in the show notes or enter the promo code chat at therapynotes.com. Yeah. And as you said that, I think like I do use going outside and just I also use it when I don't need soothing and I just want to. It's sort of like for my well-being in general, like almost like the idea of having a few minutes of sun on your face, except my yard is so shaded because of all the trees. So it's just like being in nature taking some time out there to just like, it's more like an unconscious way of slowing my system down, even when it I'm not necessarily feeling that it's super activated. It might not be super activated, you know? Right. And if we're practicing it in those moments where we're not as super activated, we're practicing either reaching for the herbs that can help us stay in balance or going outside or maybe spending some time in a garden tending to things, if we're practicing that, it's like mindfulness practices, right? We do mindfulness practices on the mat or on the cushion, however you do them, in order to practice what we need in the real world. And so when we are practicing connecting to the plants in the backyard or connecting to the trees that are around us, Then when we do have a moment where we're beginning to get more activated or we're beginning to become more stressed, then we can remember that practice and turn and look out the window and see the trees, maybe starting even further away and then slowly bringing ourselves back towards the trees that are closer. And that can be part of that reminder to our nervous system that, oh, okay, even though I'm feeling a lot right now, I am relatively safe in this moment. Like in this moment, I'm relatively okay. And we're in a place where you can, the nervous system can do its thing and settle a little bit and give us a little bit more space for healing and for, you know, just functioning and thriving in a better way. Yeah. The the glimmers concept that Deb Dana talks about too is like, I use the trees that way a lot, like with 
when I'm stressed and I feel so much in my body. So like this vibrating, like tension, you know, and then I look out the window and I look at the trees, I look at the leaves and I'm like, and this is also here, you know, well, it's like orienting, you know, I have this, you know, nature just makes me feel safe. (laughs) Right. And and some of that comes back to the whole consistency thing. We know generally what to expect. It's the predictable patterns with the seasons and things like that. And again, I'm not trying to downplay the unpredictability of like a bad storm that destroys a crop, but just for like our purposes, generally just trying to reconnect to things, there is a predictability towards the the sounds that you're going to hear or the things that you're going to see when you step out into your backyard. And we get the same kind of consistent support from plants as we're healing. So for instance, last time we talked about teas, if you've got a tea that you've been drinking since the last time we've talked and you've been drinking it regularly, you probably know what I'm talking about. Like you are going to have a very predictable response that, okay, I drink this and I feel a certain way. And when we can start to track more of that, we can start to see how the, the plants have that support for us and they do offer a little bit more of, of a connected, supported feeling. But then also our bodies know what to do with that. And we can begin to bring a little bit more trust that, okay, like if I can do this, it's not going to necessarily solve everything. You know, the, the, the trouble's still going to be there when I walk back out of my office after sipping on my tea or taking my tincture or whatever. But now I can feel that my body has what it needs to get through this. I can feel that like, even though things may feel real activating for a bit, this too shall pass. Yeah. It's not about the power of nature to magically make your problems disappear. It's more about your capacity to cope being more expansive through plant medicine. No, I will say I do get into some of the plant spirit medicine and allowing different messages to come like that is some of the work that I do. But you don't have to go down that right. You don't have to believe that to get benefit. You know, there is a lot that just from noticing how our bodies are responding and noticing that support and the intuition that's coming up around how our bodies are responding, that alone is extremely powerful. Yes. Well, But since you brought it up, I would love for you to talk about that because about plant spirit medicine, because, well, it's interesting and I'm curious about it. And I'm sure that our listeners are, too. So will you tell us more about how you what that is and how you work with that? Sure. So the the end goal with when I am helping people to connect to plants and connect to that relationship with plants is for them to feel that they have something that is helping guide them. So it may be for some people, it does just end with the connections, the somatic sensations I'm getting. That's where I'm comfortable. That's what I'm doing. Some people feel that the plants open up intuitive thoughts, like almost like their higher self is letting them know things through using the plants. And then some people myself included, believe that there's actually a almost a personality behind a plant species. And that if you sit with that plant long enough, you will begin to receive 
teachings and understandings of these different plants. And if you think back, there's, I can't think of the exact root that it is, but there's, there's an example of this where there is a type of root that has to be baked or like roasted, and then it has to be ground up into flour and then baked again before it's safe to eat. It's poisonous in its raw form, but somehow people learned to roast it, grind it up, bake it, and then it was safe to eat. And how did they learn that? Was that like trial and error? People just kept like eating it and I don't think so. I really <laughs> right. You think they would stop if that were the case? Right, exactly. Like anybody just like, like I don't imagine if somebody ate it after baking it or roasting it and it didn't work, why would you go on to bake it? So my belief is, is that in those situations, there was some sort of intuition that came from the plant that explained how to prepare it. Now, I don't go out and encourage people to mess around with poisonous plants and try to find the new way to use them so that they're not poisoned. Like, I'm not trying to get you to go, you know, do that. But what we can do in the safe environment that we have is if we're connecting to these plants and we're spending time with them and we get an intuitive nudge that sends us in a direction of something that's safe, why not follow that and see what happens? So again, not trying to say go, you know, drink Datura or something, you know, I'm not saying that. But what I am saying is that when we do have intuitive nudges from plants, if it's something that falls within the realm of safety, then it may be worth exploring and seeing what happens. And when I have done that kind of thing with with clients, now, whether it's coming from the plant or whether it's coming from like an internal intuitive sense that they weren't able to embody and it made more sense to you know, let the plant have that authority. We could analyze that all day. But whatever that is, there are lots of times where people tap into that that deeper soul's purpose, what they want, what they want out of life, why they are here, their meaning and their personal understanding of why they are experiencing what they are experiencing. And not everything's going to have some deep, profound meaning, like not every experience does. But a lot of the times when we do this work with the plants and we get close to the plants and we spend time in silence, just listening to what's happening, then we come back with a, a deeper understanding of, of what, why it is that we're trying to do what we do. Thank you for explaining that. I, I had an experience this year where I'm like, is that what happened? Because I was, but I don't know. I want to see what you think. I was in California and I went to a retreat. It was at a retreat. You could call it a retreat center, but it was a private home that's being used as a retreat center. So it wasn't like it was like a big building, you know, thing that was made for this. But the land itself that it was on, it was in the mountains. It was very, it was desert type land. There were all these cacti, agave plants. And I was like, I was just having this whole experience. I've just felt so different. And I wanted to walk among the plants. And I felt like the plants were like talking to me, not like I was hearing voices out loud. I just felt like that I was getting messages from the plants. Right. But nobody was facilitating this. So I was like, am I? Is this real? I know it felt. I mean, I still remember it. what the experience I had was real. Right, right. But why would I have that? 
Isn't that I mean, the I felt like I was connecting with like yeah. my ancestors and I was like, my ancestors didn't live in the desert. Why would I? I don't get how, why would these plants be talking to me? But then I was like, well, I don't, why should I question this? I mean, it's just happening. Why, why don't I just, but it was so, it was like a getting, it was like walking up to a certain cactus and just getting lost in being with this cactus for like 30 minutes and out of the blue, you know? Right. Very well, and that, that really does kind of, you don't have to have somebody to teach you this. The most important thing is learning how to listen. And it's not always going to be, you know, some people do not necessarily hear voices in the way we think of psychosis, but they will hear almost like an audible sense of something being said, or they will receive messages or they'll receive visualizations of different things. They may receive like a, a flashback to a certain area they used to live and that will remind them of a memory and that will bring something to the surface. And sometimes plants are, are, they're almost like introductory plants. So maybe in that moment, and this, this may not resonate and if it doesn't totally fine, but it's possible that in that moment, it wasn't that these are your ancestral plants and that you're connecting, but they are almost like, Hey, by the way, when you feel settled like this, when you are in a place where you were Mm -hmm. able to make that space, you can hear us. And now that you've heard us, maybe you can go and find the ones that you really are meant to connect with. All right. I like that. That's a really cool experience. Oh, that's awesome that you felt that. I have a maternal like line of like my great grandmother and her father were horticulturists. So it's like it wasn't in my more recent, but it's like I was walking around and I'm like, this is such and such plant. And I'm like, how would I know that? I've never, it was weird. It was cool. It was awesome. awesome. So yeah. yeah. Thanks for letting me share that little yeah. story. Well, and that's the thing is like, we tend to discount that when we're, when we're stuck in the the science realm, yeah. right? Like we, we need to be able to explain things. We need to be able to measure them. Even with the, the more esoteric things, we still, even in the qualitative research, as it were, instead of quantitative, we're still trying to figure out how we can measure that quality. And and mm-hmm. so it does, it doesn't leave room for those experiences as frequently. And when we can make room for those things, and when can we, when we can do it in a safe environment, especially if you are able to take a class under somebody who understands plants and understands which ones are safe and how to use them in the right ways, then we open up for those experiences that can allow us to to learn things that we wouldn't have otherwise learned, experience things we wouldn't have otherwise experienced. And at the end, it strengthens our connection with, with the plants, yes. But also at the end of the day, when you've done this work for a while, it, it strengthens our connection to each other and to our sense of community. Yeah, that's so powerful to me because that's what I feel when I'm with nature. I feel like I am part of a greater whole. I'm not just like this one flailing little organism in this big chaotic thing. I'm, I'm connected. It, it makes me feel, you know, it just brings, it brings me back home to like myself and also that I'm not alone, that we're all, you know, together here on this planet. So that feels very real to me. So I know you have a training program yourself, like a course coming out, right? 
Can you tell us a little bit about that? So I am offering some work through the Shift Network, which is a group that I've loved them forever. They're amazing. And I'm really honored to be doing this. There is a free upcoming class where you can learn a little bit more about this work. And I do a visualization that helps you to tap into your inner garden, your inner healing garden of plant allies. I love it. So we will have a link to that in the show notes. And then your book, your newest book is out, right? It is. So the newest book is Essential Oils for Trauma. And it gets more in depth into aromatherapy It talks a little bit about the scent memory connection and gets into how we can use different forms of essential oils to support the healing journey. And on all of these things, you know, the the class that's coming up with the Shift Network, I dig deeper into some of the more somatic side of things and really like tapping into, you know, what you're feeling when you're working with different plants. And a matter of fact, I talk about dandelion and the different parts of dandelion and how experiencing those parts can be different. And we talk about some of the different herbs. And I get into some of that with the book as well, because a lot of the work that I've been doing on the yoga side of things is very much somatic. And so the more that I get comfortable merging these things together and working with people, I really feel like if you want to do a lot of personal work with this, understanding how to tap into your body and noticing what's happening in your body as you're connecting with these plants can be one of the best ways to start really opening up that intuition, especially if you've been in situations where you don't feel like you have been able to trust your intuition in the past. Right. Of course, we know for trauma survivors, you know, there's so many experiences where we trusted someone who should have been safe to trust, but they then did something that harmed us and it really can rattle or even limit our ability to know when are we really safe and and what is safe, you know? Right. Right. Well, Elizabeth, it's been wonderful talking with you again today as always. And I, I'm definitely signing up for your course and your free class. I can't wait to check it out. And also of course your book, especially with your book, you know, I like using essential oils myself and I have this big giant book. I mean, it's like, a huge book on using essential oils. But first of all, it doesn't reference trauma at all. And second, it's it doesn't really talk about any of the evidence. So again, you know, it's just sort of like, well, how would I know if this was safe to do or to tell someone else about? I really like that you have in your book And I know you know about trauma and you kind of put those two pieces together because it's very important. Yeah, there's there's a lot of things to consider. Again, scent memory connection and what it's doing to the limbic system. But if you understand a little bit about that, then you can pretty quickly find things that are going to work well for you. So that was that was my intent with that book is to try to make it a little easier to guide you on that path. Awesome. Well, where can people find all of these amazing things you're doing? If you go to traumainformedherbalist.com, you'll see all of my work there. You can reach out to me anytime. My social media handles are all the same. It's definitely my my love at this point. <laughs> yeah, you're really active there and you're giving a lot of great information. Awesome. Well, we will I will put links to everything we talked about in the show notes and thank you 
so much for coming back to Therapy Chat. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you to Therapy Notes for sponsoring this week's episode. I do love Therapy Notes. It's such an asset to my business and makes my job as a practice owner and a therapist much easier. Try it today with no strings attached to see why everyone is switching to Therapy Notes, now featuring ePrescribe. Use coupon code CHAT or click the link in the show notes to get two free months at therapynotes.com. Thank you for listening to Therapy Chat with your host, Laura Reagan, LCSWC. For more information please visit therapychatpodcast.com. Try Therapy Notes, the number one rated electronic health record system available today. With live telephone support seven days a week, it's clear why Therapy Notes is rated 4.9 out of 5 stars on Trustpilot and has a 5-star rating on Google. Therapy Notes makes billing, scheduling, note-taking, and telehealth incredibly easy. And now for all you prescribers out there, Therapy Notes is proudly introducing ePrescribe. Try it today with no strings attached and see why everyone is switching to Therapy Notes, now featuring ePrescribe. You can get two months free by using promo code CHAT at therapynotes.com. Trauma Therapist Network is a website to learn about trauma and how it shows up in our lives and to find a trauma therapist. Go to traumatherapistnetwork.com to find a trauma therapist near you today.